Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Manx Theatre podcast with me, Neil King. And me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome along and thank you for joining us. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through our accounts on Facebook and Instagram, as well as through Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Episode 10. Here we are. Hey. Can you believe we made it? I know. So it's good the... the... The first ten of, of many, we hope. Yeah, wow. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of crept up on us, hasn't it? It has, you know, yeah. We'd had a few bits and pieces, and we'd had a bit of a break, and then we'd come mm-hmm. back to it, and all of a sudden, it's seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten's yeah. here, and you know, <laughs> we were sort of planning big things for episode ten, and it's yeah. it's snuck up on us without yeah. us realising, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been fun, though, hasn't it? It's oh, it has. It's been day. great. It's yeah. been great speaking to some lots of lots of nice people along the way. Yeah. Been really good, and I think we've got got plans for lots of lots of people coming through for for yeah. next year. There's going to be lots of interesting interviews coming up on on the future episodes of the Manx Theatre podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, there's always something on in the Isle of Man, isn't there? So it's a just never ending kind of cycle of uh, of talent and great shows. It's uh... yeah, I mean, because we've got pantomime coming up yeah. soon, both both the Peel and the the, the main panto at the at, at the Gaiety. Then we head into the new year. We've got Manx Operatic Society with Ghost. Finish, yeah. There's Douglas Choral Union with The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. And the, then after that, there's the One Act Festival. There's yeah. the Easter Festival of, mm-hmm. of full-length plays. But also uh, this year, and I found this out the other week, that the British All Winners final for the One Act and the full-length plays is actually going to be here in the Isle of Man okay. as well. So okay. we can certainly speak to those and them and, and the people yeah. at Manfred and find out a little bit more about those. That'd be great, yeah. And then what else have we got? We've got um, School of Rock in the summer. Yes, Yes. Yeah, and, um, and no doubt there'll be many other productions in between as well. Yes, oh, centre stage productions are doing Annie, one of yes. my favourites as well. Back yeah. in the next year, I'm a bit too old for that now, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little bit too old for the skirt. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I can try though. I'll try. <laughs> Although you, know, you might be able to do Miss Hannigan, all right? <laughs> Craig Revel Horde can do it. I know. Yeah. 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 Just need to start drinking more gin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, coming up on this week's podcast, in Act One, I speak to Max-born West End performer Stephen Palfman. Uh, about his life in theatre. Then in Act 2, I speak again with Stephen Palfman to find out a little bit more about him in our Getting to Know You section. Well, without further ado then, let's dim the house lights and lift the curtain on Act 1 and Neil Callan's chat with Stephen Palfman. Right, well, it's a sunny afternoon at the end of July uh, and I'm here at Bowerkameen High School to meet with Stephen Palfman, Manx-born West End performer. Uh, managed to draw him away from rehearsals and... and Classes, I guess, from from stage ed, your sort of summer school that you do for for, uh, yeah. for students. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, we've been. This is our uh, seventh year here. Seventh years. Wow. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't believe it's been seven years actually. But yeah, seven years ago. So we've literally like we've literally watched a whole high school full of people grow up. Yeah. And then move on and become adults. And now when we go out for a drink afterwards, we often see some of the original ones <laughs> yeah. having a drink. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a journey for us really because we started here, like say seven years ago, and we had. We had about 30 kids, and now we've got about 150 kids. Mm. Um, so it's really grown. And it certainly gets warm in there on a Saturday afternoon in, in the, yeah, you the production. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 what was it last Saturday? It was about 100 kids, and there was about 200 adults. Yeah. So there was about 300 people in that small room. It was warm. And it was warm, wasn't it? <laughs> so it's, it's quite fitting, really, that we're here at Balcomine, because this is kind of where it, where it all started for you, really, isn't it? Yeah, God, I'm just saying that it was Paul Kane, really, got into drama. They were literally doing Blood Brothers. Never really got into drama. I was about 15. I don't know how actually I got involved, but that was the kind of real start of, of everything, really. Sort of, the full, you got bitten. Sort of full circle. Yeah, yeah, I really did. And I never thought, 
I was at that really at that age doing your GCSEs, going, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And then I got involved in drama, and I went, oh, I think I might want to do this. Yeah. And then from Blood Brothers production, I think we did it for like the education conference for the Northwest or something. So we were invited to uh, audition for the National Youth Music Theatre. Right. And, uh, and Balakameen actually paid for half the cast to go to Liverpool for a day off school to audition. Good. It, yeah, which is great. <laughs> day out. Yeah. So I was lucky, so I got the day off and then um, went and auditioned and got in. And then I spent sort of two years with the National Youth Music Theatre, so I sort of really got the bug then. Yeah. And came back to the island for another sort of year or so to sort of save some money. But at that point, I kind of knew that I wanted to do the whole drama school thing and, and go away and get off the rock <laughs> for a while. And while you were here, you got involved with the, the service players? Yeah, well, funnily enough, it was off the back of the original production of Blood Brothers that I joined the service players. Yeah. I had done a production of the Pajama Game with the Coral Union a few years before, a couple of years before that, uh, which was great. But, um, but the service place was great because it yeah. was smaller and it was, um, you know, they did good fun things. We did like yeah. bounces, which bounces yeah. and shakers, which was, um, and it was which was great fun. Of course, the disapproval. Of course, disapproval as well. And an odd day out. An odd day out. Yeah. Yeah. So did three great shows of them actually, which was, um, yeah, really fun memories of that actually because that was, you know, pre going away to drama school. Yeah. Stuff, so yeah, gosh, bounces was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that a few yeah. times. I think it's something I'd, I'd quite yeah. like to do. Something no, it was great, it was great fun. So drama school then. So you went off and you, you studied at, at Mount View. Yeah, went to Mount. You did the rounds with auditions for for London drama schools as you do. Yes, and uh, that's never an easy process, is it? No, it's 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 really quite tough actually. I mean, I thought that going back all those years, and um, you know, they do put you through. I mean, you got mm. prepared obviously. As long as you're prepared, you're fine. But it is. I think what it does is coming from a small island it opens your eyes to yeah. how many other people are, are doing it you know what I mean and that's the thing I don't think you ever really 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 fully appreciate just how many other people are going for the same 30 places yeah. in the course that you're yeah, going for and, and, and I think that's when you sort of realise yeah actually this is not like going to school no. where there's 1500 people here at Balakameen it's like no they're going to take 30 people from all over the country here yeah. for that year you know and if you don't get in you don't get in yeah so I think that was the sort of dawn to me but I, I was I was very lucky I got offered a place at, at two or three different ones and then and chose to go to Mount View and and that was the sort of then the start of my sort of journey in London if you like yeah which was great yeah so Balakameen's kind of sort of the real catalyst of all of it really yeah so it's, I still find it strange walk around the corridors <laughs> yeah to my old phone class and that used to be that and that yeah. used to be that and so coming out of Mount View then, yeah. how, how quickly did you manage to find work? Well, Mount View, it's interesting because a lot of the drama schools do the same nowadays. And, you know, they all have a, you know, you get to the uh, your end of your third year. Well, Mount View is interesting because the first year actually you do, everybody does the same. The whole year do the same, so like more of a foundation year. And then yeah. in the second year you split and you do either, you concentrate more on the acting or the, or the musical theatre. And then the third year, you kind of become a sort of small rep company. Right. And that's all you do. You just do show after show in your third year, yeah. up until your graduation. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it, it was at that point we'd had some chats with professionals who used to come into college about the whole sort of business side of the profession, you know, which you don't, you don't really get taught a lot about, which yeah. I think you do more and more nowadays. But yeah. you know. And it was interesting because I sort of, we had a big year of about 65 people or something like that something like that in the whole year you know? yeah and when it got to the second year it was like what do you want to do do you want to split onto the acting course and we so I was really drawn by the the, the, the acting course mm. but then I looked at it and went most of the people were 
and in the musical theatre course, the musical theatre course when I was at Mountview, we were the third year ever right. in the musical theatre oh, course, right, right. where it had been differentiated between an acting. And so I chose to do musical theatre, not because I loved musical theatre, but um, a lot of it because there was like 25 of us, yeah. there was only six lads, uh. and I thought, I've got better odds on I want to get out of the We also graduated a few months early, and I was like, oh, I think I might, this might be the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, so grad, and then we graduated in the April, uh, we do a showcase, we do a West End showcase where they invite you know, agents and casting directors along, and there's always that daunting thing, then they set up a bar area where they put your photographs out, your CV out, and by the time you get round the front, you see who's, whether you've got a pile left or you've got one left, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So again, I was lucky and managed to get a good agent to, to start me off, a good musical theatre agent. So I think from leaving Mountview, I then sort of spent about four or five months doing the rounds of literally, you know... It, it's interesting because in, in, in the professional world, you, as a graduate anyway, you, you do get... If you've got a good agent, doors will open for you in yeah. terms of giving the opportunity to go and audition and mm-hmm. be casting directors and that and, and whatever show's casting. So, gosh, I think I must have been auditioned for... Most of the shows are on town. So yeah. Les Mis and yeah, yeah. Saigon and Phantom and things like that. And then, so I left in April and I got offered Blood Brothers in the September. Right, okay. So again, it was bizarre because I was literally auditioning for two things at that, that week. It was Blood Brothers and uh, in July, in the July, Blood Brothers and that, a production of Aladdin. And um, didn't hear anything yeah. for two months after the audition. Oh. So in the July and then in the September, got a call saying, got your first job. And it was Blood Brothers. Yeah. And I was a bit taken back because I was like, Wow, it's like auditioned like two months ago. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. They just they knew we wanted you, and uh, but it wasn't cast time change yet, so we had to wait right. for them to you know find out. Because yeah. a lot of things with shows, it's not you know everyone, it's not everybody leaves the show at cast change. There might be two leaving, there might be yeah. ten leaving. It depends who's leaving, and, and I was just lucky because someone was leaving. <laughs> so I was in, you know, um, and that was then the start of my long mm. journey <laughs> with Blood Brothers. Yeah, but um, listen, I'm not complaining. It's uh, it's been good to me over yeah. the years, you know. So when you were here at Balcomin, you played the narrator. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, the original time, the first time I did it, I didn't. I played lots of different parts. Oh, right. Like ambulance men and ensemble Milk and kids and all that. Yeah. The very next year, they were, they were asked to put it on for some conference again. Right. The school were asked to put it on. At which point, the guy playing the narrator actually left school. Probably, right, OK. But was invited back to do it and uh, wasn't showing up for, for rehearsals for one reason or another. And, and um, I just got asked to read in one day. By Paul Kane, and um, and that was it. And at the end of that one, still for me the part. Yeah. So that's when I yeah originally played the narrator, which yeah. which I loved playing the narrator. Yeah. Actually, I've always had a hankering to sort of do it in the West End. Yeah. Bill was like, "Oh, you're not a narrator." <laughs> <laughs> but it was always like pop stars yeah. and things he got into well, doing yeah. the narrator. You yeah. Know? But then professionally, then it's it's been Mickey. Yeah, and I think always once I'd started drama school, and, you know, John Luke Lovers, I was like, yeah. That's the sort of part you really want. Mm. Well, there's a bloke, you know, you want yeah, that. Yeah. It's such a journey of a part, and such a great big part. And to play the child's version the and then the... Yeah, it's just got everything you can yeah. want in a part. Yeah, you know? yeah. Comedy side of it, acting like a kid, growing up, all the you know, heavy stuff at the end. Um, but obviously when I went, when I joined the show in London in 1994, um, I joined as the understudy yeah. for sort of the first year. And then after the first year, I was going to leave, and I got asked to stay. And then about two months after getting asked to stay, I heard, I heard a rumour <laughs> that the show was going to Canada right. for four or five, four months definitely, possibly nine months to Toronto and Vancouver. And I was like, oh, I fancy that. And the director was like, no, no, I want to keep you in the London show. And I was like, oh, well, I've done a year or so now, so I think I'm going to sort of 
use my get out clause on my contract and go do something yeah. else, you know yeah. what I mean? And he went, have you got a get out clause in your contract? I went, <laughs> so the next thing it was, I was getting off to do the job in Canada. So, yeah. But as understudy, because at that point, um, David Casty was cast in, in, as Mickey in, right. in Toronto. So it was to understudy David. But the brilliant thing for me was, was that within that run of four months, I was, co- I was contracted on for like seven or eight shows. Right. Um, so I got a chance to do it. And yeah. of course, that then filtered back to London and I got offered the job to come back to in yeah. London to take over. So, Brilliant. So that was magic, you know what I mean? So yeah. That was about two weeks into my run in Toronto and I was like, great, so yeah. feet up, I'm going to London to do it. But so brilliant, you know what I mean? So it made Toronto all the more mm. sweet and then coming back straight into London, which was hilarious because we literally flew in, landed at seven o'clock on the Monday morning and I started on the Monday night. Yeah. Well, can I have a night off now? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I mean, um, so, yeah. so Blood Brothers in the West End then as well. It's been it's quite well known for having lots of sort of famous people playing diff- different roles. Yeah, yeah. Can you guess over the years you've, you've got to work with with a lot of well known yeah. performers? Do you know over the years? When I think back, it's like we always joke. It's like I think it's not quite all of the Nolan sisters, <laughs> but most of them. But it was Bernie uh, and it was Linda and it was uh, Maureen and and Denise. Yeah, so four of them I, I, yeah. I did it with over the years. Uh, there was Lynn Paul who's back in it at the moment for a farewell tour she started 20 years ago as well right. from the New Seekers and, and Marty Pello and then Mel C God, but over the years um, trying to think Claude Rogers Helen Reddy Bill loved all those yeah. you know, so are there anyone that have, that have filled you know, the, the Eddies and the Lindas that, that have come and gone and you know, were, were pretty much no one when they came in but are now sort of very well known actors around town yeah I'm trying to think really it's an, in, it's an interesting one, Blood Brothers, because it's one of those shows where I think, like, I've, I've got a lot of friends in Les Miserables the same way in Phantom, where they, you know, rather that sort of actor, you know, with life, it's like you go in there and you, 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 get, you get involved in the show. Uh, I had a few friends, one particular friend in, when I started Blood Brothers, he, started, he was in Les Mis and he then became the dance captain, and now um, James is like one of the top resident directors and stayed with the show forever, yeah. you know, directed all over the world. Um, and gone that path, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some people stay in it forever, some yeah. people don't, some people come. And Blood Brothers are very much the same. Some people came in for six months and then left. Yeah. Came in like me and on and off, come back and come back. But no, I'm trying to think of anyone who became really famous. I don't I don't think so. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. But aside from the, the, the West End, you've, you've toured the UK with it as well? Yeah, I did. In uh, 2005, I joined the tour for, uh, God, I did the tour for a couple of years. And I never thought I'd want to do the tour, but at the time, my now wife, um, we were together then anyway, yeah. and, and we both got the opportunity to do it. Um, so actually, it was great. We had a crack into it. He's got engaged on tour, all that. But she was Linda as well, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she played Linda. So it was. It was. A, we had a great time on tour because you know you go you go everywhere. Yeah, you know all the big cities, the big towns. Um, and you came here with it as well, didn't you? And yeah, and then yeah, we did. So was were and you was were you on the tour at that point, or did you? Were no, you back so in? I'd left the tour earlier that year and gone back into the London show and then Bill rang me and said oh we're taking we're taking the show to the Isle of Man and I went so will you come out of town and do it and I'll just swap I'll swap you guys over for the two weeks in the Isle of Man yeah because uh, it was with Maureen Nolan over here then. yes yeah and she was on the tour so um, which is brilliant yeah sort of come back and um, yeah and do it at home that was just that was magic you know yeah. obviously being in the West End is brilliant but, but the tour was actually great you know what I mean? Because some great Blood Brothers plays very well on tour, 
it's still going, you know, mm. to this day on tour. Especially, you know, not especially up north, but, you know, Glasgow and Edinburgh and Liverpool and stuff and Wolverhampton and Birmingham. It goes down the tree. Mm. And I'm always amazed that 20 years after starting touring, it's still going round and round and round. Yeah. And, people and there's, there's going to be a local, a local production later this year, although it's the, it's the play version, not, not the musical version, but still it's, oh, okay. it's there and the, the interest is, is still yeah, in, in the feast. So it's yeah. great to see after such a, yeah. a long period. Yeah. And then, do you know, on that, the, the whole thing with Blood Brothers ties into now with Stage Ed is that um, Mike, who, who's my business partner with Stage Ed, we started Stage Ed sort of seven or eight years ago whilst we were in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because all of the time we were in the show, we'd always get asked by various companies to do workshops. Yeah. Um, actors from different shows do workshops at Pineapple Dance Studios and things like that. And we just, um, and some of them you just thought, oh, that, it, it wasn't that you felt you could do them better, but you just thought to yourself that you could do you could do a good workshop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We could do this. We could go out and so that, that's sort of where Stage Ed was born, really. Yeah. Uh, I think, but the brilliant thing for us was after the first couple of summer seasons we did because we do some school here and then the Wirral, then in Hull, and um, as the Willie came along to the Liverpool one and the Wirral one, and has since become our patron, which is brilliant. Which is brilliant. Yeah. You know? um, so he's a great endorsement to us. And again, that sort of tie with Blood Brothers that haven't known them, you know, throughout our history in the show. Um, so yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So a couple of episodes, I had a, uh, I had a conversation with Danny Becker, who's playing the lead role of uh, Don Lockwood in Singing in the Rain. Right, right, right. Um, and we spoke to him about he, he's just come out of a, a two-year contract on on Aladdin. Yeah. Um, and I asked him about how he keeps himself interested because you know here on the Isle of Man we're very used to just a one or maybe a two-week run and yeah. Uh, you don't yeah. quite have that same problem of keeping yourself interested for two weeks in the show, yeah. but certainly with, with, with Blood Brothers, you've done it a little bit longer than two or three years. So how, did you, keep, how did you keep yourself going? How did you keep yourself... Do you know, I, I genuinely, when you think, when you add it all up, it's, well, it's over 10,000 performances or something, and you think, oh my God. And it's, um, and Blood Brothers is quite a long show, actually. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I know Les Mis, they go on this long, isn't it? But Blood Brothers is actually quite a long show as well. You know, two, and 40, two hours 45 and... And the last half an hour for Mickey, anyway, is not, it's a bit heavy not going, the happiest. Yeah, yeah. Not the happiest of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think you've just got to, you just get into a routine of throwing yourself into it. But what you've got to really not do is get yourself into sort of autopilot mode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which is, you can, you can sense when that happens. I guess the thing is with doing a long run, right, is that you, you might be doing a long run, you might stay and do another contract and then have a break and come back and do a couple of years. So I never actually really did more than two years' things without right. having a break. So I can't have a nervous breakdown of a big <laughs> two years. Um, but I think you you get into it because often changes happen in the cast. Well, yeah. Six months and a year and there's someone else to bounce off. Helps keep it fresh. Yeah. And, and you know what? Even though you're saying the same lines and doing the same things and singing the same music, it, it does. it really does help having just someone... Yeah. completely new to bounce off yeah. especially when they've never done the show before and, yeah. and things like that you always see things in a different way that, that yeah completely yeah. and I always think with acting you know it, you're reacting to what someone else gives you so it, it does put a different dynamic on it but I, yeah in the run of a show it, it kind of it kind of consumes your life really because your whole life revolves around getting to the theatre that night for the yeah. show you know and, yeah. and um, people go ah oh, but it's only two three hours and I'm like no listen I'm not, I'm not knocking it I'm yeah. not I'm not moaning about it. I'm just saying that you just—it does. You, you know, you can—you you know, go for a drink at half ten, eleven o'clock at night <laughs> yeah. instead of just after work at five. You know, yeah, but it's two o'clock every night. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just live your life at the other end of the day. Um, 
but yeah, I, you know, I think I, it, do, it, it does take discipline, you know, to keep yourself going because mm-hmm. you've, you've got to look after yourself as well. You've got yeah. to keep yourself physically and, and fit and, you know, vocally fit. And, and of course, you've got an understudy who can go on if you're not well. Of, of course, you have. But, but you know, you, you don't want to be off. You want, no. to, you, want to, you want to keep going. But it is, it's a tough, sh- you know, it's a tough schedule. Late shows a week and, you know, Thursday, in Bloodbuds, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then three days, you did five performances. Yeah. Know? And uh, Saturday was always back to back, so you'd come down at ten to seven, uh, and the audience would shift out, and then the evening shift, the evening lot would come in, and you'd be back up a quarter to eight, you know. Yeah. So it was a quick bite to eat, shower, and <laughs> get your starting costume back on, you know. So yeah. it was, but listen, it's all good fun. You yeah, know? it was. Oh, it, was yes. it was great fun, and it was hard work, and it was very rewarding, you know. And then it would dream come true because it's, you know, you, if, it's that saying, isn't it? If you're doing a job you love. You know, do a day's work in your life. Exactly. Yeah. Now, in some of these breaks away from from Blood Brothers, I know there were probably a few little bits and pieces that you went on, went off and, and did. I did. Yeah, we did a lot. Like I say, we like me and Michael always done workshops. We did a lot of teaching stuff, and then uh, did a couple of tellies with uh, joined Heartbeat for as a guest for an episode. Or that's. Two, that, I think that's probably is, where I first became aware of, of you. I remember <laughs> that must uh, have been in the, the the Independent or something like that. Saying yeah. that the local boy Stephen uh, yeah. Peltham is going to be in, in Heartbeat, which is great. You know, I just I, one of my dreams is to do more and more t- drama. Yeah, and, and not that I didn't love musicals, but but TV really. Yeah. But it's um, like I said earlier about the, getting into drama skills, extending you in the professional world, and you. You know, even when you're in a show, you know, Blood Brothers has only got a cast of 14, which yeah. is relatively modest for, for a musical. But when you get out, you're in a bubble when you're in that show, you know what I mean? And yeah. then you go for a drink, see people cast to other shows, and yeah, people become very friendly and all that. But when you're then out in the business in the daytime, auditioning for the next, whatever the next thing is, you just realise how many people are, yeah. are at this and trying to succeed in it and, and do it, you know, and it's like, then you get a real sense of, man, there's a lot yeah you know what I mean and, and like Equity used to say like of all their union members that any one time 80% of their members are out of work and yeah oh my god it's an awful lot isn't it it's yeah. a lot isn't it yeah. you know um, so yeah yeah so moving on from that then you started to uh, bring some of your friends back to the island for the, a series of West End Gold yeah so you know it's like when I was 18 I couldn't wait to get off the old man as I got older um, I can't wait to get back. Yes, to be honest. So it was any excuse to come back, but I'd always wanted to sort of bring, you know, bring something back and come do a concert here. And we, yeah, we just, I mean, a few friends and let's let's get some guys together who are in different shows, yeah. friends we've made, and uh, come do a concert. The first concert we did was 2003. Was it really? Wow. Yeah, at the Gaty, and we did, it was Kerry uh, Ellis came and Maz and Gene Murray and. Um, That's probably no one had heard of Kerry Ellis at that point either. No, well, funnily enough, it was uh, my. Housemate at the time, Cam, Jack, uh, he was in, we were rocky with Kerry and, and Maz, and uh, yeah, it was just pre-Kerry taking off actually, Yeah, because she really took off, you know, after we were rocky, and that was yeah. the first year of we were rocky. I remember Jez who came one year as and well, Jez, Jez, and yeah. he ended up on the, the UK tour of, uh, of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, and Jez done very well actually, he did, he did lots of shows in town, like Miz and things, and um, he started in fame, which he got a good ribbing for, because... <laughs> Definitely couldn't dance. <laughs> so how did you get fame? <laughs> but he's a very good musician, so it was it was something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we've we've been coming back, and actually we've had a break um, for about five years, and then we're coming back um, next month. Yes. Um, to do to do one. So bring yeah, brings us around full circle then. Yeah. So with with stage Ed and, and then 
It's the musicals, isn't it? It's called. Yeah, so it's kind of like the, the last concert thing we did was called West End Gold, and we, we it is what it is. It's a sort of, you know, it's a, it's a montage. It's, of what's it's a in montage town. of all sorts of yeah. different shows, you know. And, and this is no different. We did it in Windsor actually last summer um, for a charity event, and um, we had a great night. Bill Kenwright had, had let us have the theatre for the night, and was very supportive. And so actually, most of the people from that night are coming over next month to do it. Great. Only Maz. Maz isn't swap Maz for her sister Gina because Maz has just gone back in to play the lead in Mamma Mia. So right, okay. so she's thinking about still doing it, but it's the day off, isn't it? Yeah, that Sunday's the day off. Yeah, it's very precious that Sunday day off. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it should be it should be a good night. And obviously, then we want to involve um, the kids from Stage Ed in yeah. it as well, you know, and, and give them a chance to sort of perform because, and that's the beauty of Stage Ed because over the years, what I've watched in the Isle of Man is. Um, you know, I think we produce loads of talent. Uh, whether you stay here and have got a day job and you just you're the talent that does stuff in yeah. in Amdram shows uh, or whatever, but I, I just there seems to be more and more and more of it. And yeah. and I think what we've always been very mindful of on stage yet is that you know there's lots of dance schools, there's lots of very disciplined schools, and we were just about you know having fun or holiday schools. It's yeah. whether, whether you listen, we'll we'll push you, and if you want to be challenged and stuff, but if you don't, yeah, and you just want to have fun. That's fine as yeah. well. You, you want know. to put yourself forward for the for the solos, fine. Yeah. But if you just want to sit at the back and have yeah, them, absolutely, then yeah. that's absolutely fine as well. And we'll sort of encourage you and nurture you as much as you can and build that confidence in you. But and that's what we're all about. So to give them the chance to come on stage with us, right? You know what I mean. And as long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think. thank you very much, Stephen. Thanks for your time today. No, it's been great. Thank you, mate. Cheers. You Cheers. So thank you to Stephen for chatting with Neil there. Um, so a genuine. Manx-born West End star. Yeah, it's great, it? isn't yeah. it? I mean, it was so nice to hear sort of his journey is overused these days. But I mean, that's that's what it was because yeah, he started way back at Balakamine and was involved with Blood Brothers then. And he's gone to drama school and then he's had his first audition coming out is for Blood Brothers and he ends up on the Canadian tour, then back in the West End and on the UK tour. You know, just he's got such a long association with that show over the years. And obviously, he's met Willie Russell and yeah. Willie Russell himself is. Um, He's a patron of the, the Stage Ed Drama School that he now runs with with a group ah. of his, his friends and his colleagues. So it's great to see how that's that's sort of affected his life and his career over the years. And now he's through Stage Ed is then sort of passing on that knowledge that him and his his friends from the West End have have, have gained and sort of I don't want to say grooming, <laughs> <laughs> educating the, the yeah. next the next generation coming through. And it just goes to show to the to the uh, young actors out there. Like how how different career paths can work, isn't it? It's, yeah. You know, um, that's quite an unusual one that he has really to be associated with a, a show for so long. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people sort of move around from show to show, but to, yeah. just to, to, to stick with that one show for for such a long yeah. time is, you know, it, it obviously has a, a, a lot of uh, there's a lot of meaning in there for him. Yeah. And, you know, and hearing all the, the different people that he's worked with over the years has yeah. been great, hasn't it? Fantastic. And um, you never hear a bad word about that show either. It's a lot of people's favourite, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Really powerful yeah. stuff. I remember going to see it in, in, in London and it was just, it just blew me away. Yeah. Um, although when I was there, Stephen was back here. So I never got ah, to see okay. him. You know, <laughs> all through sort of my, my life growing up, you know, I'd heard about this. This a wonderful Stephen, Stephen Prowlsman. And then when I finally got away to see him, he wasn't there. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey-ho. Anywho, right. So moving on then, let's go on to Act 2 then. And let's find out a little bit more about Stephen in our Getting to Know You section. However, having spent 20, 25 years in one show, there might be a little bit of repetition in some of these answers. <laughs> Let's have a listen anyway. Getting to know you, getting to feel free and easy. 
Okay, Stephen, then welcome back. Thanks. So, you. this then is our getting to know you section. So, we'll ask you a few questions that we ask everyone every time. Sure. Um, and this is just to get a little bit more about your mm. career to date and, and, <laughs> and maybe some of your, your future aspirations. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Let's, let's dive straight in then. So, what was your first ever role? God. Well, I think my first ever role was probably Joseph in the Nativity when I was five. <laughs> Primary school, wasn't it? Yeah. Or infant school, even <laughs> up in Annika. <laughs> but no, I can't. Well, I guess it was when I was here and got involved in drama and I was the narrator here on Blood Brothers. Yeah. It was probably a first, you know, proper Your first part, proper in, part, in, yeah, in yeah. a show show, you yeah. know. Um, and that's, I think, where the, re- the bug sort of bit, really. I was like, oh, this is, this is good. And, uh, but then the service, I know that's, a, that's the first one. The service place is great, though. Yeah. There's like bouncers and all day out and, uh, yeah, very good stuff. Okay, then, so number two, then, what was your last or what was your latest role? I guess my latest role was Mickey and the Brothers. Yeah. Uh, that was the last professional role I did. Um, just before I left the show, yeah, so, so yeah, after oh. a long, long stint. Long stint. <laughs> okay, this, this might, might end up being the same question. It might be the same answer. Same answer, yes. <laughs> uh, so what was your favourite role? Yeah, it's, it's probably got to be Mickey, you know what I mean? I yeah. kinda, I'd love to sit here and think they've played that, that and that and that, but I'd, I'd probably still choose that part, you know? Yeah. It was... Um, it was such the part to sort of have. It was just, it, it was that it gave you everything, you know, as an actor you wanted. Yeah. Um, that, yeah so and you get such a strong connection with the five over the, over the years. So yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. So definitely that. Okay, then. So then moving on, then question four, then what would be your dream role? If you could play any part in any show? See, I don't know, really, you know. I can't. I, I thought about it, and I always, I always, my mind always swings to TV and film. Yeah. Not particular parts in films, because mm. I just, because I'd love to have done more TV and film, but. I think in the musical theatre world, um, I'd love to play Javert and Limmies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to play Bon. Right. Yes. Because I remember seeing Michael Crawford do that years ago at the Victoria Palace, and mm. he was just blew me away. Yeah. He was amazing, actually. What about straight theatre? Is there a Shakespeare in there, willing, you know, dying to get out? Yeah, I wouldn't mind a crack at Hamlet. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a crack at Hamlet. Actually. Yeah. It's one of those. Seem to be having fun down in the hall there. <laughs> okay. It's the end of the day. Okay. So this, this might be another repetition of, a, of an answer, but uh, which was the part that you were born to play? Um, it's, it's probably Mickey, isn't it? <laughs> Only because of my sort of connection with the show. It's like, you know... It's... I mean, this, this is more, more to do with like a character that is, that is most like you, or at least the, the person whose who's attributes you can sort of link through to the best. Yeah, and I think it is because some people go, oh, you really like Mickey. I'm, like, I'm kind of nothing like Mickey in real life, really, when you think about Mickey's upbringing. No, I wasn't, you know, I didn't yeah. have a twin brother that my mum gave away. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> you know, I mean, I wasn't dragged up. I wasn't like, you know, I didn't have it. I didn't get made redundant. I didn't, you know, all those things. But actually, I, I think socially, though, I think it is a sort of part, mm. you know what I mean, that working class background and that upbringing actually is, it is pretty like yeah. the upbringing I had, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, I think that's sort of what I kind of probably most like I played. But I think of the other things I have done, I went, oh, no, I'm not really like that. But I did a production of uh, Christmas Carol in Peterborough one year for Christmas Day. I'm not like Bob Cratchit, am I? <laughs> I think there was a mate of mine got me in there. I went, I'm not really a Bob Cratchit either. It's <laughs> a paycheck. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pay the bills. Okay, so we've got the question six then. What is the best and or worst costume that you've ever had to wear? God. I think the best costume I had was uh, probably at drama school, my best costume. And when I was the dame in Panto <laughs> Just the outfits were yeah. amazing, you know. But the worst one was definitely a game. I was trying to think. Because 
you know, Mickey's quite shabby in Blood Brothers, but it's, it's kind of just jeans, it's not, yeah. it's not that bad. But I, we did a production at college of a lost musical called uh, By Jupiter. And all the lads had to wear these togas, and it was the most horrendous thing <laughs> you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, "What? Is this it? <laughs> is this what? Is this what it's going to be like? Anything else? <laughs> no. Okay. So yeah. Right then. So onto the final question. Then this is one that, that most people tend to have the, the most difficulty with. It's what we call our gender swap question. Mm. So which role would you most likely like to play of the opposite gender? Yeah, and you know, I thought about it, and straight away, uh, Fanny Bryce came to mind, mm-hmm. and. Because recently I've seen it, uh, and obviously Bob Streisand did the movie Funny Girl and, and all that, but it's just a, I think, it's just a great part. Yeah. Gender aside, it's like, yeah. it's what I think it's one of those parts, it's got everything, it's, she's funny. She's full on. She's full on, she's, she's got a real attitude, but she's funny and she's got a great voice and, you know, all that. And, and that, Yeah, it's, it's roles like that that I get attracted to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. with no respect to any of these, sort of, you know, you'll see Les Mis and there's the standard parts in it on the Saigon and kind of think, yeah, there's, you know, even, even like Kim in Miss Saigon, that's a great yeah. part for, for, for a woman, you know, yeah. there's some, um, and, and, you know, even Mrs. Johnson and Blood Brothers, I mean, mm. one thing I think that, you know, Willie's really renowned for is, and we've talked to him about it actually when we did our summer school, because he said, you know, you're brilliant at writing for women. You know, you think of Shirley Valentine, you think of Educating Rita, mm. you know, before you get to Blood Brothers. Yeah. I said, you've written some brilliant parts for women. And, uh, and it, he puts it down to all the time. He used to be a head of ladies' hairdresser. Right, okay. And a mobile one at that. She yeah, used to yeah. go around the houses and, uh, and listen to their stories and came from there, so. Take the <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Brilliant. Right, well, Stephen, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers, Neil. And we'll see you again soon. Cheers, mate. Ciao. Okay, thank you to Stephen for telling us a little bit more about himself and I'll get into know you section. Some uh, some interesting ones as well. Yeah, yep, together there was Blood Brothers yeah. and, and Blood, Blood Brothers. Brothers yeah. and, uh, and Blood Brothers, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a good theme, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so with that then, we bring episode 10 of the Manx Theatre podcast to a close. Remember to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. If you have any questions about the podcast or suggestions for future episodes... You can contact us through the social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in local musicians and artists, check out our sister podcast, Supergroup, where Neil King talks to Manx songwriters and musicians as they set up their fantasy supergroup. All that remains then is for us to say thank you for listening, and we hope you join us again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. I've been Neil King. Thank you. Good night. Goodbye. With a cigar, you tour the world in a private car, you dine on chicken and caviar. An actress life for me.